Thank you so much. And a Merry Christmas to you all. This is the third of four services here in Kingsgate, Peterborough. We've got other services in our other campuses, including uh, we're streaming this service online. So why don't we just give a big welcome to everybody who's watching online. So great that you could join us for this celebration of what we're entitling the spirit of Christmas. Now, I wonder what gets you into the spirit of Christmas. For me, it's often the first time I see Christmas lights or Christmas decorations or a Christmas tree. Or it's the first time I hear a carol or a Christmas pop song. Or it may be the first time I taste a, a mince pie loaded with clotted cream. Amazing. I don't know what gets you into the spirit of Christmas. Now, the reality is we're an international church and um, Christmas is a global phenomenon and it's celebrated in different ways uh, across the world. So, for example, if you're in Japan, you're likely to have queued, maybe ordered in advance the, the Christmas speciality, which is a KFC bargain bucket of chicken. Seriously. Um, or... You know, if you're in Australia, you're more likely to be enjoying a Barbie in the sun on the beach. I mean, I'd like to try that at least once in my life. Anyone else like uh, Christmas in the sun? And any Nigerian Christmas dinner table, of course, wouldn't be complete without swallow and soup and large portions <laughs> of jollof rice. There's even apparently a delicacy that originated in South Africa, which is, get ready, deep fried caterpillar. Doesn't that look delicious? Some of you are not so sure. So instead, many of us would rather, and we're getting ready for um, a Christmas turkey dinner. Come on. <laughs> With roast potatoes, stuffing, parsnips, bread sauce, cranberry sauce, gravy, and of course, wouldn't be complete without sprouts. How many like sprouts? Oh, wow. Big, big show for sprouts. <laughs> well, anyway, in spite of these cultural differences, um, there's actually a very kind of similar pattern <clears throat> for Christmas all around the world. It starts with a long build-up season where we're trying to kind of get this Christmassy feel, this thing that we call the spirit of Christmas. It can last for days, weeks, even months. <clears throat> and then it reaches a climax on either Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. But then it kind of ends rather quickly. I don't know if you've ever felt that sense of deflation when all the presents have been opened, all the turkeys been eaten, uh, you've watched all the Christmas movies, you've put the Christmas tree down, the Christmas decorations have gone back in the box, and it feels like with it, the spirit of Christmas kind of disappears, ready for another year. So the question I want to ask first this Christmas time is, what if there was a true spirit of Christmas that wasn't just good for Christmas time, but somehow would be available for the rest of the year? The second question I want to ask is, what if there was a true spirit of Christmas that was deeper and more satisfying than all the outward things that we spend so much time and money and attention on that would somehow satisfy us and give us those feelings of real joy and real peace 
that we're somehow looking for at Christmas time. Well, I've got good news for you. In fact, great news for you. There is a true spirit of Christmas that is both long-lasting and deeply satisfying. The clue is actually found in the word itself, Christmas. It's made up of two words, mass, which basically means a service of celebration, and Christ, which literally means the anointed one or the Messiah talking about Jesus. Now, it's been said that if you take the Christ out of Christmas, all you're left with is M and S. Now, I love M and S. I hate shopping for clothes at M and S. I hate all clothes shopping, by the way, but I love M and S food. Anyone else love M and S food? But more seriously, if we take the Christ out of Christmas, we're missing the whole point. You see, if you take this lantern, looks nice on the outward outside, agree it would make a great Christmas decoration. But actually, the purpose of the lantern is to give light. It's to do with the bulb on the inside. But the bulb needs to be switched on if it's actually going to fulfill its purpose. It's a bit like that with our lives. If we spend all our time, as we're focusing on the outward aspect of our lives, um, you know, our bodies and our minds, how we can fill at Christmas time, how we can fill our bodies with loads of delicious, yummy Christmas food. Nothing wrong with that. How we can stimulate our senses with all kinds of Christmassy experiences. But actually, you can miss the whole point of Christmas because on the inside, there is something, as it were, um, on the inside of us that is missing. But the marvelous news of Christmas is that there's a true spirit of Christmas, Christ himself, who comes to illuminate and satisfy us from the inside out. One of the writers of the Christmas story, um, uh, the, the Gospel of John, describes Jesus Christ as the Son of God coming to this earth And then he he uses this language. He says, he is, I love this, the true light that gives light to everyone. It's metaphorical language saying that he comes to illuminate our lives, as it were, to light us up from the inside out, not just at Christmas time, but at every season of our lives, bringing us the real joy and the real peace that we long for. So what I want to look at is how does Jesus coming and as it were him lighting up our lives bring us this sense of real joy and real peace? Well, let me take you again back to the reading we heard earlier in the service. It talks about how Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago was such a historic and cosmic event that an angel appeared to shepherds in the nearby fields in Bethlehem and made this stunning announcement. He said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice there, there's a link between good news of great joy and somehow the coming of Christ Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing I want to share with you very briefly is that the true spirit of Christmas, that's Christ himself, brings us real joy. Now there's a difference between the joy spoken of here by the angels and what we would call happiness. Now how many of you here would like to be happier than you are right now? Show of hands. The rest of you are lying. We all want to be happier, don't we? Nothing wrong with wanting to be happier. Um, 
you know, but I find that the, the problem with happiness is that it kind of comes and goes dependent on what's happening around me. So for example, when I wake up in the morning and I, I see that the sun's shining and the, the sky's blue, I feel happier than when it's a dull gray morning. Anyone else feel happier when the sun's shining? It just helps our mood, doesn't it? I feel a lot happier when I hit a good golf shot than a bad golf shot. Problem is I tend to still hit many bad golf shots. So often I'm not that happy. <laughs> I feel a lot happier when Man City beat Man United. And so I've been quite happy in recent years. But of course, these things come and go. More seriously though, our happiness levels can be very volatile and can depend on really what's happening to us and around us. And if we're not careful, we're blown around by circumstances. Sometimes very tough things can come at us in this world that we live in. And suddenly the happiness that maybe we thought we had suddenly evaporates. But what I want to talk about and what the message of Christmas is promising is that there's something better than happiness. It's called joy. It's been said that happiness depends on what happens to us, but joy comes from Jesus. And that's been my experience. If I look back at my life, particularly during my childhood, I loved Christmas as a child. And I was all into all things Christmassy to kind of get that sense of the buzz of happiness, that Christmas spirit. And again, I always felt deflated when it ended because it was like that was it. And sometimes, if I'm honest, as good as it was, I thought somehow there's something missing here. Then when I went to my teens, I celebrated Christmas in lots of different ways. And it still didn't satisfy. So by the time I went up to university at the age of 19, I would describe my life as outwardly looking pretty good. I had lots of friends, I had lots of prospects, a good future ahead of me. But I knew that somehow, and I couldn't articulate it this way then, I knew that something was missing on the inside of me. All that changed when some friends invited me to a church service. It was the first term of, of my, my studies. I went and kind of enjoyed the service, but something happened in the singing of the final hymn. I suddenly experienced a spirit or a presence just coming around me that all I can describe as it was this intense feeling of love, joy, and peace that I immediately knew was actually a person. It was Jesus Christ there by the power of his Holy Spirit, kind of as it were, knocking on the door of my life. The, the Jesus I'd known about but had never known personally was somehow trying to get me to open up my life to him. Because I was stubborn, I didn't want to change. Uh, I actually kind of at the moment just kept the door closed. Long story short, about eight months later, I finally decided, I've got to do this. I need Jesus. There is something missing in my life. So I prayed a simple prayer. Kind of went like this. Lord, I've tried to do life my way and I've not done so well. Um, I need you to come in and I need you to change me. Lord, forgive me for all that I've done wrong. And by then, by the age of 19, it was a lot of stuff. And as I prayed, it was almost like, all I could describe, it was like I was opening the door to my life. 
and invite him to come in. As soon as I opened the door, suddenly from within, I experienced a love and a joy just coming up from within. It was like God himself came into my life by the power of his Holy Spirit. And I experienced a supernatural joy, a buoyancy that continues this day. And no matter what happens circumstantially, that joy never leaves because it's not from me, it's from Jesus. It's something that from the inside out. And the great news is, that's not just my experience, that's not just something for me, this is something for all of us. Back to the words of the angels. He said, I bring you good news of great joy that are for all the people. That's for every single person, no matter whether you're from, you consider yourself from a religious background or not. This is actually for everybody. This is for all of us in this room. That's for every single person watching uh, this message. We can all receive the real joy that comes from Jesus. That's the first thing. But back to the story of the first Christmas. So you have the angel announces good news of great joy. And then the angel is joined by a multitude of heavenly hosts. And they make this stunning uh, promise on earth peace. And so the second thing I want to briefly share is the true spirit of Christmas, that's Christ himself, brings us real peace, real joy and real peace. Now, when you hear the word peace, I wonder what sort of image comes to mind. I wonder whether it might be something a bit like this. How many right now, maybe in the middle of January, we'd like to be transported there, all expenses paid, fully inclusive? Anyone else? I mean, it looks pretty stunning, doesn't it? It's, it's what we might naturally associate with peace, a sense of it's calm. <laughs> Everything looks idyllic. Potentially, no stress, no pressure. But how many of you know that as good as that can be momentarily, life is not like that? Life does have little moments <laughs> Uh, and circumstantially, sometimes seasons when everything outwardly seems to be fine, but life is filled with challenge and pressure, opportunities and stresses that can leave us feeling anything other than at peace. So I, I've seen here another picture that I think perhaps more accurately conveys the kind of peace that we need. Here we have a raging kind of waterfall, sort of water going everywhere. But I don't think you can see right in the middle of the picture there, there's a little bird sheltering in, 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 in the rock with all the water crashing around. Can I say, I think that's a great picture of true peace. Because even though there's stuff going on all around him, that little bird's at rest. He's secure. He's safe. And so when the angel talks about on earth peace, He's not saying suddenly everything in life is going to be easy. He's not talking about the absence of trouble. He's talking about the presence of one whom the Bible calls the Prince of Peace. If you go back to the opener, you'll have seen words um, sung and declared that go back to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet writing in the Old Testament hundreds of years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And he was prophesying and looking ahead and say, there's somebody gonna come to this earth and one of his names will be Prince of Peace. And that word peace there means wholeness or well-being or harmony in every area of our lives. How many here could do it with an increase of well-being and harmony and refuge and safety and security in every area of your life? And that's the promise that Jesus Christ 
comes to bring to us. Trust you'd agree, to amazing gifts, real joy, lasting joy, real peace, no matter what's going on around us, something that comes, as it were, from the inside out. Gifts that we couldn't, we couldn't um, pay for, they're too costly, they're too precious, but ultimately they're something that Jesus Christ came to bring to every single one of us. You see, we can't leave the Christmas story with Jesus uh, in the manger. Jesus grew up, as we saw uh, earlier on in the service. He lived a remarkable life. Everywhere he came, he brought restoration and reconciliation and healing and true peace to everybody he encountered. And then what we talk about at Easter, he died on a cross to somehow bring us back to God. You see, the problem that you and I have, and I remember very acutely during my teens, trying to kind of find the way to God. I was aware there was a God somewhere, but I couldn't get to him. The reality is the Bible says that my sin and my selfishness and our sin and our selfishness has separated us from God. There's alienation. But what Jesus has come, he's come to bring us back to God so that fundamentally we can be at peace with God. He's come to bring us forgiveness and a sense of oneness with God. It's um, really right at the heart of this reading. We see the reason why we can have peace and joy. The angel says this, because today a saviour has been born to you. He's come to rescue us from our guilt and our sin. He's come to free us from our fear and our anxiety. And he's come to offer us God's gift of forgiveness and of peace and of joy. Uh, The writer of Heart the Herald expresses it beautifully. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners now reconciled. I so remember that first time when I prayed that prayer and invited Christ to come into my life. It was like just suddenly, uh, not only was there a sense of joy, but there was a sense of, oh, I'm finally at rest. My sins have been forgiven. I know my future is secure. I'm at peace. And that peace with God translated into a tremendous sense of inner peace that resides with me today. But again, the good news, this is not just for me. This peace, this joy is something that people, billions of people have experienced throughout history, including thousands of people just in this one local church. And so I'd like to just show you a couple of stories of people, current stories of people whose Jesus is changing their lives today. So please watch these. I had a pretty good upbringing, uh, although not a Christian upbringing. Life was pretty good until uh, I hit secondary school. I started hanging around with the wrong people, which increased all sorts of emotions, whether it's anxiety, my my fear, my frustration, uh, which really took a burden over my life. At the same time, I started attending a Christian lunch club on a Friday in school. Uh, I wasn't really going for any reason, it was just a bit of fun. Um, However, I started building up uh, friendships in there with Christians and they started inviting me to come to church. So I started attending church regularly and I started learning more about faith and Christianity. And it wasn't until about a year of coming that I really started to understand what it was all about and I gave my life to Jesus. It was the first moment I ever felt peace and joy around my anxiety and fear. I felt this, this, this just overwhelming love and joy in my life that I'd never felt before. Since I gave my life to Jesus, there are still situations that cause me to have anxiety or fear, but I've learned to just give that to God and in return get this peace and joy that he offers. I would not want to live life without him. 
Hi, my name is Nkiru Oluwatosi. I'm a medical doctor and a mom of three boys, and I'm also happily married to my husband, Myra. Um, I have a testimony of what Jesus has done for me in my life. You know, growing up, I was someone who um, struggled with anxiety. I worried a lot. Um, I struggled with a poor sense of uh, self-image because I had a very pessimistic view to life and to myself. I always focused on the negative, so I felt like I never was good enough. I always came up short by my standards. So I wasn't very really accepting of myself. Many years ago, I suffered severe clinical depression, and it was severe because in addition to feeling extremely low, I also struggled with delusions, hallucinations, and suicidal thinking. So it was a really dark phase. I already had these tendencies, came into a bit of pressure, and then had my mental health breakdown. So it was tough, but um, growing up, I'd heard about Jesus, and in that moment, feeling extremely hopeless and worthless, I realized that I could call out to him and, and that's what I did. And so while in my hospital room, in prayer, in reading the scriptures and hearing God's word spoken to me, I suddenly realized from the scriptures that God promised that he would love me with an everlasting love and that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but he had given me a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Then I knew in that moment that I was still loved and if I was, then there was hope for me and I could be free. I got to know who I was in Christ, in Jesus, and that gave me the confidence to leave that hospital room and go on in life, receiving his love and acceptance. It's been 15 years now, and it's been a relationship with Jesus that has given me freedom and peace. I have experienced joy, gladness, and I've been whole this past 15 years, and I'm glad that I know Jesus and thankful for the peace he has given me. Two great stories, two great testimonies of how the risen Jesus is still changing people's lives today. And it may be you're a young person here and you can particularly identify with Noah's struggles uh, during his teenage years, battling with a sense of anxiety or fear. Or maybe others of you here may be particularly able to relate to Nkuru and how she was experiencing just acute mental stress and pressure, and yet how Jesus has gloriously set her free. Or it may be a bit more like me, as I was growing up, although there were lots of issues in my life, fear and anxiety weren't particularly evident. It was only the fact that I knew I was missing something, and only after the event where I invited Christ to come in, I realized how much I needed that real peace and that real joy. But what all three of us have in common is that at some time in our lives, we came to a point of decision. For Nkuru, it was, an op it was the um, call to go back to the Jesus that she knew. Uh, for Noah, like me, it was inviting Jesus into his life. This is a decision that I believe Jesus Christ this Christmas is inviting every single one of us to make. There's a famous painting by a guy called Holman Hunt called Light of the World. And it pictures the risen Jesus Christ. You'll see they're carrying a lantern and it's entitled The Light of the World. And it's basically the message is that Jesus Christ is the source of true light. He's the one who wants to come and light up our lives from the inside out. He is the one who is the very source 
of all that we can enjoy through him. And so I'd like just to invite every single one of us to just take a moment to pause and think about um, where are we with Jesus? Is Jesus on the outside knocking or have we invited him in and are we right now experiencing his presence and real joy and real peace? I believe many of you here um, are here for the very first time, in which case we are so delighted that you've come. Maybe you've, you're here, but you've never really experienced anything like this or never heard a message like this. In just a moment, I want to invite you, maybe for the very first time, to open up the door of your life and to invite Jesus Christ in. But I'm also conscious on a service like this with so many people here, there will be others and you say, well, at some time I was conscious of praying a prayer. I, I believe I did invite Jesus Christ into my life, but for whatever reason, either by deliberate choice or by circumstances, it's, like, it's not like his light is really shining in your life. You would say your life is more characterized by fear and anxiety rather than with true peace and true joy. And so in a moment, I want to give you an opportunity as well to, as it were, reopen the door of your life, but this time fully and say, Jesus, I want you to come in. I want your light to flood every part of my life and change me. So right now, I'd like to invite all of us, if, if you don't mind, just to close our eyes and bow our heads as we prepare to pray. In just a moment, I'm gonna lead, particularly those who want to invite Jesus for the first time or to come back to Him to pray a prayer. But actually, we're all gonna pray this prayer together. But for those of you who do say, I want to invite Jesus into my life, maybe in, in some way you've been sensing Jesus knocking on the door of your life. All you've got to do is say, yes, I invite you to come in. Or it's your way of recommitting yourself to the Lord. Either way, I just like with every head bowed and every eye closed, if this is your first opportunity to invite Jesus in or to recommit your life to him, just like put up your hand, just nice and high, just one hand nice and high. It's your way of saying, Yes to Jesus. That's it, hands going up all over. Just keep your hand nice and high. It's your way of saying, yes, I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. Keep your hand up nice and high, just for a moment. This is the, your opportunity. It's the most important opportunity you can take to invite Jesus in. Somebody's so committed, they're putting both hands up. It's great. Anybody else? That's it, just hands still going up. And now you can take your hands down. And now I'd particularly like to lead you in a prayer, but actually I'd like all of us to join in this prayer because it's a great opportunity, even if those of us who are Christians, we wanna reaffirm our faith in Jesus. So we're gonna pray a, a real prayer to Jesus Christ. He's alive, he's with us here by his spirit, and he's gonna hear and answer our prayers. So pray with me a phrase at a time. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for coming to this earth to be with us. Thank you for dying on the cross to bring us home to God. This day, I now turn to you and invite you to come into my life. Please forgive me and fill me 
with real joy and peace through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you uh, prayed that prayer for the first time or as a way of recommitting your life, Lord, I want to be the first to say congratulations. I celebrate and all of us celebrate with you for taking such a momentous step. But it's just the first step on a journey. And so we here at Kingsgate, we want to do all we can to help you move on in your journey with Jesus. And so lots of ways that we can help. But at the close of this service, what we want to do is we want to give you one of these gift bags. They've got loads of great resources that will help you um, read your Bible, get to know Jesus better, go on a journey of increasing peace and well-being. And so we'd love to give those to you. Um, there'll be a team down here on my right. There'll be a team in the atrium. They'd love to give you these gift bags and connect with you in any way that would be helpful. Also, to those who are watching online, you can just follow the link on the screen and we'll do all we can to get these resources to you. But before we sing our final carol, I'd like to speak a blessing over every single one of us. There's a wonderful little Bible blessing in Romans chapter 15. It talks about God filling us with uncontainable joy and perfect peace. How many do you think you could do with more uncontainable joy and perfect peace? So I'd just like to invite you, why don't you just, if you, if you may, just put out your hands as a way of receiving. And I wanna pray over every single home and every single heart that Jesus Christ himself, the true spirit of Christmas, will come upon us in a new way by the power of his Holy Spirit. So here's the blessing I'm gonna speak over you. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, it's been so great to be together. Before we close our service, we've got one final carol, Joy to the World. So I'd like to invite you to stand and let's sing this final carol together.